You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Indians. Happy New Year's. Happy New Decade. Uh, This is take three on the podcast because the first time I realized I got about seven minutes in and realized that I had the wrong mic and I wasn't going to do the unfathomable sin of uh, posting it with recordings of the computer mic as uh, that just sounds horrendous even as I was doing a playback. So this is my second attempt at this little rant uh, I had and hopefully it'll be all the better for it. But there's not a whole lot of news with the Indians. Everything's pretty quiet right now. We'll get into some news in baseball, especially as it's stuff that we've talked about throughout this free agency in the second half of the show. But let's just start off with the fact that I saw again today some stuff about um, the Cleveland Indians and the Los Angeles Dodgers. And let's here's my thing. Like, that's it's not going to happen. OK, let's let's just lay it to bed. Let's lay it to rest. Let's move on. Let's forget about it. The Dodgers and the Indians aren't making a trade for Francisco Lindor. The idea that the Indians would trade Lindor and Clevenger to get Gavin Lux is the height of stupidity. It is the height of folly. Um, I'll get into that in a second. But, I mean, Clevenger himself, uh, if he had been fully healthy last year, would have probably been a top three candidate for the AL Cy Young. He has three more years of team control. Um, It's either Clevenger or Bieber are the most valuable trade assets on the Cleveland Indians. The idea that Clevenger would go cheaply is comical at best. Um, Yes, Kluber went cheaply. Kluber was owed $17 million this year. He, uh, if he traded, his option for next year became a lot more likely to uh, click in and become uh, a permanent option, which made him very expensive in terms of contract. He's coming off multiple injury plague seasons in his mid-30s after three years of reduced velocity. There were reasons for Kluber's value to have cratered. Clevenger doesn't have any of that, so let's just move on. Because the Indians traded Kluber cheaply doesn't mean they would trade Clevenger cheaply. There's reasons why you have to trade a Kluber cheaply. None of those apply in this situation. Now, let's just talk about the Dodgers in general. The Dodgers do not trade high-end prospects. They don't. That one can make a case the most valuable prospect they've traded over the last few years is Willie Calhoun, who was, even at that point, I believe he was still a top 50 prospect in all of baseball, um, he was a sub six foot hitter who everyone knew had no position was going to play DH. Now, when you have a guy who you know was going to be a future DH and he's on a National League team, it does limit his value to that team. Now, he was a great draft pick. I believe a fifth or sixth rounder moved very quickly through the minors. And they were able to use him effectively. Um, I mean, relative effectively. Uh, it's not like Darvish helped them win anything, but that's kind of been the Dodgers problems. They're not willing to go out there and assemble the best possible uh, team they could. They're never willing to kind of pay for the top shelf talent, hence why they're not any better today than they were. I mean, one can make a substantial case they are much worse now than they were when the offseason began with uh, the loss of Hui Jin Ryu. Uh, Their, you know, their whole approach is they're not going to trade their top shelf prospects, and they never have. You know, Yasniel Diaz was on the decline when they traded him for Machado. Frankie Montez had uh, struggled with control, and the other big guy, Grant Holmes, had seen his value dip. They don't trade—they trade prospects who have dipped. They don't trade their top-end guys ever. Um, and you look at the cases with that. It's like Julio Reyes, even if we ignore some of the off-field stuff that makes him uh, a troublesome person to just kind of judge talent-wise due to— but he hasn't, by now, most would have expected him to step in and be a starter, and he has not done that yet. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. And the other thing when it comes down to prospects, yeah, Gavin Lux could be something special, but 
Um, we can go back just a few years to Dansby Swanson, who I've talked about on this show extensively. I mean, he was one of the top 10 prospects in baseball, the first overall pick in a draft. Uh, he was going to be a future star at shortstop. Well, now he's a league average shortstop. He's okay. Uh, but there's reasons why the Braves would consider moving on from him or, have, you know, there's it'd been rumored to move on from Swanson. He's, he's passable, but you definitely want to look for an upgrade. And that's the thing with prospects. They're not proven. And the fact that so many people are acting like any of these prospects are proven, and this comes from a prospect writer. There's incredible value in prospects. But if you think that Lux and May is worth Clevenger and Lindor, you're crazy. Uh, I mean, frankly, if you're trading both those guys, you probably need the top six prospects from the Dodgers, not just one and two. Um, Nobody is safe. No one is proven. There's such a jump from AAA to the majors. And yes, sometimes it goes swimmingly. And we've seen a lot of guys like Jordan Alvarez this year who made that jump with no difficulty at all. But then we talked about Nick Sensel. I mean, he went up to the majors after raking through the minors and was a sub-average hitter this year. We'll have to see how he rebounds. It's going to be a hard year for him to rebound as he has labrum surgery as well this offseason. But it's to act like a prospect is a sure thing is ridiculous. There is a huge amount of risk. I am really high on Nolan Jones of the Indians, but I'd be the first one to tell you, I don't know if he's ever going to hit lefties enough to be more in a plant platoon bat. And I'm still not sold that he's going to stick at third base. He might be a first baseman who is only going to play against right-handed pitching. Now, he might be incredibly valuable there still. He might be a great hitter in that situation, but he might always need a caddy. Or um, if he ends up being an above-average defender at first, there's a chance that, you know, he hits fourth against righties and eighth against lefties. I mean, that could be the situation because the splits are going to likely be pretty huge for him. And that's, you know, so if you're thinking I'm just discounting other people's prospects, that's that's the Indians. I mean, I've talked about my concerns with George Valera, who people love, where I'm still like, let's calm down. He had a high strikeout rate uh, and a low average for someone that supposedly is going to have a plus-plus hit tool. We'll see. But prospects are always a gamble, best case. And, you know, yes, these are the best case prospects, but the Dodgers don't trade those guys. And they're never going to trade those guys. Maybe something happens with the red still. I mean, I, if I am betting my savings at this point. I'm betting my savings that Lindor's an Indian come opening day, and I wouldn't take any odds that he would be a Dodger. I think it's just it, it's time to move on to realize how these teams operate and to know that the Dodgers are not trading their top prospects end of story, and the Indians aren't going to take some lesser deal um, just because they took a cheap deal on Clory Kluber, who, again, was owed a significant amount of money once he was traded, his option became a lot easier to vest and uh, had shown decline before a season. There were multiple injuries basically sidelined him. The, like I said, it kind of drives him up the wall where people are like, well, they got nothing for Kluber. It's like, well, obviously they really liked the guy they got because the reports out of Anaheim showed that uh, they asked for something close to the package that I had brought up on the show that it was Brandon Marsh led with another prospect and something else that they are very high on Class A, but Again, uh, yeah, it seems on paper like it's a, a cheap deal, but the Indians never seem to lose in deals. So let's let's hold off full, uh, full comment and evaluation until we see how he performs and how we see how Cooper performs. But yeah, uh, Dodgers, let's just forget about it. It's not happening. The Dodgers don't pay full price for players. That's just end of story. You know, maybe the Mets um, come through because they're still looking to make a splash. Maybe the Padres put something together because Preller knows that he's kind of coaching for his job at this point, at, or coaching, uh, managing 
for his job and guys who know that their job is on the line make foolhardy moves. Maybe the Reds step up, that the Indians are able to convince them to do another uh, slight overpay. We'll see. But, I mean, I think those are your three teams, barring something unforeseen. Uh, But there we go. Yeah, Lindor to the Dodgers. Just move on. Anything that's connecting them is it's not worth your time or effort to read such pieces. Um, It's not happening. But what is happening is we had some interesting news today. There are almost no free agent arms left. Um, At the beginning of the day, you would have said, oh, who's left? I would have been like, well, Alex Wood, number one. And then you've got everybody else, which is Rich Hill, who's going to be almost 40 and won't pitch for the first half of the season. Then you've got uh, Homer Bailey, who pitched well for Oakland, but is still Homer Bailey and has not really pitched well or been consistent his entire career. And then you've got Ivan Nova, who was a six starter for the White Sox. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And then the Twins today announced that they signed Rich Hill and uh, Homer Bailey for their staff. Uh, it's interesting because, what was it? Here's the deal, that Hill is going to get $3 million, uh, but it includes $9.5 million in incentives, which can only be met by recording 15 starts and or 75 innings thrown. 75 innings thrown is pretty easy to get to. And Bailey's contract comes with $7 million in guarantees. Homer Bailey is not as good as Martin Perez. They decided to not pay Martin Perez a little bit more than $6 million because they did have a buyout with him. Uh, so Perez walked. And that was, he, uh, I believe they saved about $6 million. So they paid more for Homer Bailey than they could have just kept Perez for. So that's, they made themselves worse and paid more money to get worse, uh, which is kind of crazy. And why do they need to do add Homer Bailey at $17 million and guaranteed and Rich Hill at $3 million and guaranteed that can jump up to $10 million? Well, Hill is 40 years old and he's hurt. He is not going to be pitching until likely May or June. And Michael Pineda still has a suspension for performance-enhancing drugs. And he won't likely be pitching until May or June as well. So... The Twins lost Gibson. They let Perez walk. Um, they brought back Pineda, but Pineda wasn't going to be with them to start the year anyways. And then they add Rich Hill, who's not going to be with them to start the year either. So their rotation essentially at the beginning of the season is going to be uh, Berrios, Odorizzi, and then you have Homer Bailey, uh, Randy Dobnik, Devin uh, Smeltzer. I mean, these are guys, I don't know, I wouldn't be counting on Smeltzer. I think Dobnik's got a little bit more of a chance to be someone you can counting on. You can be counting on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kind of a poo-poo platter after those big two. Let's be honest. It's, I mean, Homer Bailey wasn't really good with the Royals, and he didn't really net hardly anything when he was traded away. I mean, like, kind of an interesting refurb type of prospect, if you want to look at it that way. But to give, I, I mean, I never thought I'd see Homer Bailey get $7 million, but now the market is down to Alex Wood and uh, Ivan Nova, so I guess that's what you're going to pay. Uh, very interesting, you know, Hill was recently arrested, so that kind of adds to the fun of it. Um, and again, he's 40 years old and he's coming off surgery, so who knows if you're going to get anything at all. And that was kind of the risk with him. Like, Hill is better than Perez if all things are even, but. Yeah, I'm just not, I am not sold on Homer Bailey keeping it together. I'm not sold on Hill coming back and being uh, 
you know, coming back quickly at his age from injury. The Twins are really set up pitching-wise as kind of a disaster. You know, it, basically they need, I'm going to butcher his name, Brutistal Gratiel to come through and, and be a guy. I was really surprised when they let Steven Gonsalves go. Like, he never really got much of a chance, and he always looked like a potential fifth starter as a lefty to me. They don't have a lot of pitching in their minors that really stands out as guys who can help right away. I, I think the Twins, honestly, are weaker now than they were at the end of last season. They've regressed. I think the Indians are weaker now than they were last season. I think there's some regression there as well. Uh, the Indians could change my mind by signing an outfielder. If they went out and did that, then I'd say they're probably on about even keel to where they ended last season, maybe slightly improved, um, just because, again, they didn't have really Kluber at all. So, hey, you know, trading him doesn't matter in that in, in any of those uh situations comparing year to year but uh the whole Puig not having Puig that does make them weaker the White Sox I think are significantly better and it's going to be interesting to see those three teams kind of punch it out this year but yeah the Twins uh I mean if I was a Twins fan that is a rotation that uh after those top two and even I mean to a degree Jake Odorizzi has never been the picture of consistency as a pitcher uh he has been up and down with the Rays uh with the twins he's done it's we'll see we'll see how this year t- treats him uh he's gonna have a lot of added pressure i'll be i am not 100 percent sold he's gonna be able to reproduce last season i think jose jose barrios is an absolute stud though and i think that lineup is terrifying we'll see what they can do i think they still honestly need to add a starter though I thought it was interesting to see the Texas Rangers have apparently contacted Todd Frazier. If you listen to this podcast, I pretty much said that Frazier was the fourth best third baseman on the market, and the Rangers have been chasing third basemen, and they are swinging and missing on all of them. Then they were supposedly were going to try to chase Arenado with what was my response, and the answer was, well, they don't have anything, so that idea has already gone away. And, I mean, Todd Frazier is a all-right choice there. He's not going to blow your hair back. He's not the great defender or the big-time power hitter he once was. He's about a league average bat. Can be close to league average defense, but, I mean, that defense is definitely taking a bit of a nosedive. Um, in terms of what's out there, though, after him, it gets significantly worse in terms of third baseman. So that's uh, a smart move by the Rangers in terms of looking at Frazier. Uh, they're going to just field a very old team is what it appears to be. But really, I mean, those Twins moves are the most important ones in terms of the Indians. So let's jump over to Baseball Savant and look at some of the advanced numbers. And you can kind of see in here why um, the Twins might have been all over Three million is a good gamble for Hill. He's a lefty. It's hard to find lefties. It is interesting that he was the 15th percentile in fastball velocity. That is bad. Uh, You want higher percentiles in this. But, you know, curve spin, 95th. Exit velocity, 98th. 89th in weighted on base. Expected slugging, 92nd. Fastball spin, 91st. That's why he can get away with a fastball that slow. So a lot of indicators are really positive, actually, for him. Um, his performance last year with the Dodgers was, uh, steady, but it was only 13 games. So we'll see, uh, probably a smart gamble at 3 million in guarantees. Like, like I said, I will give them that. We'll see how it turns out. Um, but that's, that's kind of interesting. Homer Bailey on the other side of things. So this is where, (laughs) you know, if you thought that I was being unfair about Homer Bailey, let's get into it now. Fastball velocity, 52nd percentile, fastball spin, 14th percentile. So a league average fastball was some of the worst spin in the game. So it doesn't look any better. 
How about his curveball? Zeroth percentile for spin. He had the worst spin on a curveball of any pitcher in baseball last year. Exit velocity, 100th percentile or 10th percentile. Some of the worst in baseball. Um, Minnesota is a bit of a hitter's park currently, as you might have guessed, based on the numbers that were put up there last year. He is going to get destroyed in that park. Uh, uh, Expected weighted on base, 44th. Expected slugging, 48th. K percentage, 39th. Hard hit percentile, 29th. Expected batting average, 24th. Um, He was terrible. Like, the best he had was his fastball velocity being 52nd. Like, that, that's where he is. Um, there is almost nothing that shows a guy that you want to count on uh, outside of the fact that like his whip and ERA were good for Oakland in the second half. Uh, but those are often not indicator numbers. Those are just like that happens sometimes, um, especially if you have a good be- defense behind you and you're playing in a park like Oakland that um, is not the most hitter friendly. And I mean, you go back, he's just been guys have been able to hit him consistently the last three years um homer bailey looks to be a complete another disaster this is one of those signings where as an indians fan you should be excited that the twins signed homer bailey and gave him seven million dollars because that is seven million dollars they now don't have to spend this is a guy that is going to get a lot of chances to fail and likely is going to fail and fail hard homer bailey is a very bad pitcher um and he has been consistently a one of the worst starters in baseball over the last few years. Uh, great. This is awesome for the Indians. I don't know why, if you're the Twins, you don't get Alex Wood. I don't, like, that makes more sense. I understand that there's, he wasn't healthy last year, but, like, an unhealthy Alex Wood is still better than anything you're going to get out of Homer Bailey. Like, I, I just don't see any way Alex Wood doesn't outputch Homer Bailey. Now, it could be the case that Wood was significantly more expensive because the market is so dead. But, yeah, so that's... When you get down to it, that is really what it comes down to. It's like, this is maybe not a move that you look at and go, oh, this affects the Indians. But it, it does. It affects them in the cla- in the fact that, uh, you know, it, they their opponent added a player who is terrible and they're going to rely on him to be one of their five starters. So that makes life easier for the Indians. Since we're already on Baseball Savant, I thought with the last minute or two on the show, we'd circle back and talk about the recent additions by the Cleveland Indians in that trade. Now, I think it is interesting that when you look at uh, Delano DeShields, that he was second percentile in exit velocity, fifth percentile in hard hit percentile, uh, fourth percentile in expected on base, fourth in expected slugging, tenth in expected batting average. Offensively, he was awful. Like offensively, he was one of the worst hitters in baseball. He was the Homer Bailey of hitters. Uh, but what's also interesting is sprint speed, 97th, outs above average, 95th, and jump percentile, 74th. If you use the shields purely as a defensive outfielder, uh, you can get value out of him. That is where he, he does his best work. He is a plus defender, but offensively, oh boy, like you're not going to get anything good out of the shields. Um, you don't want him in your batter's box like ever <laughs> you might be better off with a pitcher back there uh hitting and dhing for the shields uh that might be the way to go is dhing for the shields if you go on the other way and you bring up uh emmanuel classe now he doesn't have a, as much data but it is interesting to point out that in terms of fastball velocity he was the best in all of baseball last year 100th percentile in terms of measurement 
and in terms of his spin, 97th percentile. So we talked about Homer um, Rich Hill, that he was able to have success with a very slow velocity fastball because of that high spin rate. The Indians are all about spin rate. That's why Phil Matten and Hunter Wood are on the Cleveland Indians and why the Indians went out of their way to add those guys. The fact that he already had the best velocity in baseball and has some of the best spin in baseball makes that fastball. That cutter, you know, just one of the most deadly pitches around, and that is why the Indians wanted to add Class A. So I thought we could just end there on some positives. Um, The Indians didn't do anything today, but honestly, uh, the Twins adding Homer Bailey to be one of their five starters made the Indians' life a lot better. Uh, The Indians' odds to make the postseason uh, improved today just by the Twins and the signing they made. But at the same time, it's hard to fault the Twins when there's nothing left. Uh, the Twins also, as reported, have offered a four-year deal to Josh Donaldson, who is 34 years old. Uh, it's an aggressive move. Uh, it's a move I like for them. They've kind of missed on everybody of note as this free agency has wound down. So swing big. If you get him, you move uh, uh, Miguel Sano to first base. And maybe they can find a deal for uh, you know Eddie Rosario for Caleb Smith, who we talked about on yesterday's show. Maybe there's another arm they can get out there. Um, to help them because the twins still need to add another arm like that's just it that's the the full story the twins need to add more pitching i can't blame them too much but as an indians fan be excited the twins made the indians lives easier today thank you for listening for waiting and rating and reviewing and as always go tribe